0: Welcome to the Future Sense podcast with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. It's broadcast weekly from our Future Sense pod in the Northern Rivers of New South Wales, Australia and available on your favorite podcast platforms or directly through rd.org slash future sense. That's double A-D double I dot org. And you can follow us on Twitter at Future Sense Show or on our Facebook page. Thanks for joining us today. And thank you for joining us here on future sense this morning today is june the 18th 2020 where we are recording in the northern rivers of new south wales and you'll be listening to us some point ahead of that or perhaps before that you never know good morning to you, or good afternoon to whoever you are to steve mcdonald how are you doing g'day nick i'm very well thank you It's <laughs> uh, that's a bit silly but we do like to jump um timelines here quite regularly as a matter of fact part of the parameters of the show it's a necessary uh, equation, a necessary uh, parameter that you need to all hold, uh, I think, out there to be part of this show, to be able to jump timelines. Non-linearity, non-linearity you could non-linearity call Non-linearity is the word. Exactly.
1: So today we're going to talk about the evolution of personal care. And obviously the whole topic of personal care has been highlighted by the COVID-19 mm-hmm. epidemic and the response to that. And we've been thrust into this period of uh, having a whole lot of time to think about ourselves and also sense where we're at and how we're changing as a result of the world changing around us. And one of my teachers uh, used to say that uh, the change has already happened, we're just growing into it, and that's so true. So um, we're, we're going to talk specifically about the emerging paradigm, layer six in Claire Graves' model, and how personal care changes and is changing at the moment across society and at a personal level. And uh, part of uh, the the current life conditions is, uh, of course, the astrological, Uh, Hmm. scenario that we're sitting under right at the moment with all the planets in their various alignments. And I believe, Nick, there's a a special focus on self-care indicated there.
0: Well, somewhat, yeah. Mercury today, as I said before June the 18th, has just gone retrograde. Retrograde means from the perspective of the Earth, the planet appears to be moving backwards. It's not actually doing so. But in astrology, it represents sort of hold or a pullback or a, a tension in the energy of that planet. And Mercury, of course, is the messenger of the gods. In mythology, it's a planet of expression and uh, relationships in terms of, of communication. And I note that in Chinese astrology, Mercury represents water, the fourth element, They're therefore symbolizing that communication and intelligence and elegance. When it's retrograde, those aspects of our self are sort of held back a bit. And uh, often people talk about things not working. Also, Mercury, you know, your, your email doesn't work or your, something goes wrong with one of your one of your uh, phones or one of a piece of technology. Yeah, these things can also happen. But I found this really, really great piece, which covers a bit bigger picture and also does allude to what we're going to be talking about today, about how we approach self-care now. Uh, and I found this from an astrological um program that you can download it's an app actually it's called the pattern it's very good i haven't told you about this at all yet steve so this is new for you as well listening it's actually a very interesting piece and we might come back to it but i'm going to read a little piece about uh, mercury retrograde which was sent this morning so it's very current and lasts until the 12th of july so it's a few weeks mercury retrogrades are always fairly short but they're, they're, they seem to be very potent. People seem to have a respect for them. They seem to have a response to them. Uh, it seems to have some meaning f- for people, and people seem to have um, an understanding that there is an influence there and something happens. So this is what it says about Mercury retrograde at this time, up until the 12th of July. Most people assume that the world works in a logical, linear, and somewhat predictable way, but that's not always the case. Expecting that on any given day, everything will go as planned actually helps perpetuate this illusion. During this time frame, these assumptions are severely compromised. The regular, logical flow of events will appear to be disrupted. This may be a familiar feeling based on global events and circumstances right now, of course, but you're also asked to notice how closely this actually touches your own energy at this time. That's that's an element of self-care right there. As a result, the world won't operate in the way that you expect at this time. Instead, what seems uh, objective one minute becomes subjective. What seems left brain becomes right brain. And connections will be missed, both with people and with technology and with machines, possibly. These energies may or may not affect everyone at the same time or in the same way, but they probably won't feel as strong as any personal cycles that you're having, because that's also the current... This is a general cycle for everybody as a retrograde planet pulls back like this, but it will affect your individual chart in different ways. And that's for you to look at, perhaps, if you're interested in doing so. Um, it might also be easier for you to do that if you already operate outside of the mainstream. I think this is a key point here, as if your work uh, might be in a non-traditional or a creative area. However, if you depend on logic to function, you may feel especially challenged right now. These disruptions and confusions can be annoying, but if you're able to overlook them, this time frame can offer special possibilities. You may see this moment as an opportunity to move past linear thinking and let your mind go beyond conventional wisdom and expectations. This can be a great few weeks for inner work, meditation and reflection. Often artistic endeavours or anything that uses your right brain or intuition can really thrive at this time. And some ordinary duties can also succeed with a bit of patience but just recognising the realisation that most other people are also probably a little bit unclear and inconsistent at this time too. It's kind of a good thing to remember when you're feeling a bit out of sorts. Maybe everybody's feeling this way to some degree or another. Uh, It's not necessarily a time to do anything, but it's important to notice your inner experience. Your thoughts and words could take on a more sensitive quality and feel more open and vulnerable than usual. And lastly, try to pay attention to those feelings and be aware of what's happening around you and with others. But remember, there is nothing to fix or change right now. You don't need to become overly concerned with others. It's also important to assess your own need for being appreciated and treated with sensitivity. And as I said, this time frame lasts until July, July the 12th. Yes, interesting bits, pieces in there, isn't there?
1: Really interesting, Nick. Yeah. And it's interesting to look at how those themes fit so well with the transition that we're going to through at a global scale. And we really have been through a perfect storm with this global disruption from COVID-19 that's setting the scene to support this transition beyond layer five, which is the, the old scientific industrial paradigm, and into the emerging layer six, which is going to be fairly short-lived. And one of its key roles is to make a solid foundation for this huge transition into second tier consciousness, which begins with layer seven. So a lot of, of uh, that description is very, very supportive of that process. If you th- you think about the fact that the the fifth layer, the scientific industrial era, has really been like the peak of, of rationalism yeah. and, and logical thinking. It would have been a Mercury time, you could argue. So Abso- yeah, mm. absolutely. And moving into layer six... We are drawn back to the communal way of uh, interpreting life and living and which is a feminine aspect and so it's all about uh, reconnecting with things that we disconnected ourselves from during that fifth layer, uh, one of them being um, non-rational things and uh, and pre-rational yeah. things like our emotional emotions mm. and uh, our physical body uh, and anything immaterial I guess. Mm. And so it's a time to be reawakening to those things and uh, starting to slowly integrate the, the left and right side of the, the brain. And, uh, and of course, that integration uh, crystallizes with the transition to, to layer seven in second tier. So yeah, it, it really is, as I said, the perfect storm, uh, very supportive of uh, what humanity is going through at the moment, and and this is not just a shift in human consciousness. This is a whole of system change for our entire solar system, actually, uh, on the on a largest scale that we're we're really well informed about the transit of our solar system out of what's called the local cloud and across a, a null zone to what's called the g cloud a different part of our galaxy and that's exposing us to all sorts of different radiation from uh, outer space cosmic radiation and changing the the life conditions throughout our solar system and on our planet and a couple of the uh, Examples of that are the climate change that we're seeing and also things like the mass extinction, which is underway and which will also lead to a mass replenishment. And that's, that is the way that these things work. If, when we look back throughout history, you can see whenever there's been a mass extinction, there's been a, an explosion of life after that.
0: And in fact, in our pure human spheres, uh, when there are crises like wars or uh, a natural disaster. Humans themselves come together in different ways. They, we create more, we become more uh, abundant in the way that we express ourselves and new connections are made, new hybridisations of ideas and philosophies even, but certainly science uh, accrues. So we're in that period now, aren't we, where there's an acceleration of the possibilities of new uh, evolutions of everything, really.
1: That's right. And the the COVID-19 response has played a key role in that because by forcing us into Isolation, in other words, extreme individualism, it's basically pulled the elastic band back to, to fling us into communal ways of thinking and being.
0: And part of that, of course, is the, uh, the, the recognition of the, of the environmental stress that the whole planet and our, our bodies, our internal, and we're going to be talking a fair bit about the, the gut biome. And uh, those kind of fairly new concepts that most of you are probably familiar with now. But it is this, As one uh, commentator, Zach Bush, MD, who I do like a lot, an American fairly young doctor who I think is fantastic. He says that the coronavirus, for example, is unmasking the toxicity of our environment. I think that's a wonderful way to look at an aspect of what COVID-19 has been doing. Is uh, even though climate change has sort of been shoved slightly to the side at this time, out of the out of the off the front page of everywhere. But what has come is a recognition that our environment is under stress. We've seen, on one hand, blue skies appearing over Wuhan after you know the lockdown there, and many other cases such as that, and a cleaning of the air and a cleaning perhaps also of water at least temporarily. And that is somehow showing us all that, well, actually it is the, the, the damage to the environment that is reflected in the damage to our bodies and our responses to everything at this time.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's that harmonic between mm. the, the personal scale and the collective scale there. And this increased awareness of the earth and the environment is a key aspect of the transition from layer five to layer six and being part of the first tier of consciousness, when we go through one of these value system transitions between layers, there's an automatic rejection of what came before. And so we're seeing that in society now where people are looking back at the old paradigm and saying the industrialization was bad. Look at all the damage we did to the, to the planet. And we're really uh, starting to reconnect with and care for the planet at a global scale and that same pattern is happening at a personal scale where where we're noticing the damage that the old paradigm way of living has done to our bodies you know the working in the rat race uh, the medical system and its particular way of operating the food uh, processed food that we've been eating and all these sorts of things and how they've impacted our bodies and and so we've got this thing this harmonic happening both at a personal level and a global level where we're saying oh my gosh uh, this is not good we need to change that we need to stop doing a whole bunch of things that we were doing before and we need to find new ways.
0: That's right. Well, some statistics, and there's, of course, many variables in this, but uh, I I note that in 1960, for example, chronic diseases in children in the US, and I expect it was probably roughly the same sort of figures here, were 1.8%, just 1.8% of children at that time in 1960. Now, in 2020, what's that, 60 years later, that number is 52%, 52, over half of our children in our western societies in our largely uh, layer 5 societies i guess you could say have chronic diseases and that's a pretty telling statistic indeed
1: it is indeed and and you can think about the time scale of that emerging as you know industrialization and different ways of uh, running our agricultural industry and those sorts of things have changed then the the stress from all of these particular uh, Inputs, you know is slowly added up over time. And uh, part of reinventing how we care for ourselves is also taking notice, more notice of you know the impact of these things on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what well, you know when you stop and think about these things, as we've had time to do recently, mm-hmm. you start to realize that okay, we've actually been under continual stress yeah. in so many different areas of our lives, just never ending, you know, and it, it, it's got to pop sooner or later. And that is a key, again, a key aspect of this transition from layer five to layer six is normally some kind of a burnout or breakdown. that's mm-hmm. normally what happens for most
0: people. And no, too, I just wanted to mention, I mentioned 1960 there, the course of the 60s, where we talked about this quite a lot on uh, on Future Sense in the past, about the resonance of the 60s with this era. Um, and it's, it's interesting that uh, Rachel Carson's famous book, Silent Spring, published in 1962, still remains the most important and relatable environmental science books of all time and still influences the, this this sudden awakening, or not sudden, but this awakening of consciousness around environment, body, all things above and below. And we've had this message since the 60s for 60 years at least, and it seems like we are maturing into a, a much bigger appreciation, appreciation and understanding of what that actually means and what we can actually do about that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, so again, that's part and parcel of the, the emerging value system, and every time we see a wave of that arise in society, then you know, we're going to have that knocking on our door. Absolutely. So um, one of the things I was going to mention was uh, a, a little tick and flick questionnaire called the Perceived Stress Scale. And it's very, very common. Many people would have seen it before. Uh, It's just a a bunch of questions, uh, only 10 questions actually, um, which ask things like, in the last month, how often have you been upset because of something that happened unexpectedly? (laughs) Uh, In the last month, how often have you found that you could not cope with all the things that you had to do, those sorts of things, and you rate these on a scale of zero to four? um from never to very often mm. and then you end up with a little numerical score and uh what did what you get uh i actually haven't got my numbers in You've front of me no but, but i
0: i got to tell you i was definitely under stress uh, <laughs> when when i did it, it so maybe you should do the test when you're not under stress or maybe when you're <laughs> un, under stress get two readings and you say well i'm pretty bad when i'm bad i'm not too i'm not too bad one of okay so yeah. where's the middle ground
1: yeah interesting uh, on this uh, and i'll, I'll post a link on our social media to this uh, PDF version of the of the test that I've got here. And then it has uh, like an average or a mean for male and female and also across different age groups. So it's quite useful just to do that and get a sense of where you're at because uh, so often, particularly during the last paradigm, we've been operating under stress and just feeling like it's normal when actually it's not. And, and now at this time, we have an opportunity to reimagine the way that we're living life. Yes. And uh, it's good to take this into account
0: and try and reinvent life in a way that is less stressful for sure. It seems just on that as you're saying that I'm feeling uh, in this region and we live as many of you out there listening to us uh, know this region of uh, Australia, maybe you don't, it is a bit of a bubble and we are in a a unique place. But certainly what I'm hearing in our world here as we're coming slowly out of lockdown, lockdown is the many ideas that many people are having about change, about how they can find ways to contribute, that they've had some new ideas, they're doing something different. Like everything's been shaken up to such a degree. And just that, I think, is an aspect of self care to be able to shake yourself up in a, in a way when you necessarily have to do so, but with a consciousness that I need to actually, I want to contribute something different here. I need, I want to, or have an idea to bring something new forward that can help. So I think that's really interesting is that our psyches are actually stimulated to change at the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it might be useful for us to talk about how the emerging paradigm, the emerging worldview associated with layer six is changing the way we think about looking after ourselves. And and I guess um, one key way to describe that is layer six is all about connecting the dots. And it's a it's a very network centric way of thinking so it likes to look at all of the different factors and options and things around and figure out how they're connected how do they relate to each other It's very much about relationship as a communal system and some of the uh, the things that have are emerging in uh, the new mainstream I guess you could call it are uh, understandings of how our body operates in a more connected way and I must say this is something that's been pretty well preserved in the East and Eastern medicine, uh, such as traditional Chinese medicine, but somewhat lost in Western medicine where we've specialized so much that we've lost the impact of the connections mm. between systems within the body.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's amazing that, I mean, you're a Qigong practitioner of 20 years or so. Yeah. So you know this this structure of, of how that actually occurs. And this that awareness is, is really growing, isn't it, in so many different ways. Yoga, Tai Chi, Qigong, many body, body mind, spirit practices that exist and are expanding and have some solid scientific backing behind them, particularly Chinese expressions of of these kind of practices. Um, uh, activities.
1: Yeah, that's correct. And that's one of the aspects of the, the value shift yeah. over the last few decades yeah. has been the spread of these things from the East into the West. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's just talk about the gut biome uh, for a moment. Have you got something on that there?
0: Yes. Well, the gut biome, as I referred to before, is uh, an ecosystem, I guess is the best way to describe it in a way, uh, and is the the real core of our health as I now understand it. And I think that's Becoming uh, f- relatively solid, even allopathic knowledge at the at the at the cutting edge of allopathic medicine, where some perhaps more uh, more enlightened uh, medicos are, are seeing a bigger picture. But certainly there is science to back this: the, the power of the microbiome to generate uh, life, the life force, and particularly, I think it's called um, ATP, isn't it? Which is um, an, yeah, they, they call it the the triphosphate, life, the life force, the life for- molecule, force molecule, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, these, these, this is what is missing now, and an unbalanced microbiome um, has really now been shown to be the beginning of endemic health problems across the board, particularly as I mentioned, those statistics with children. So, clearly, with children who've got compromised micro- microbiomes, either from the stress of the environment uh, or, uh, or the type of food uh, that they're eating, or the stress, the psychological stress they might be living under, or a combination of these factors. Many, many people, many young people, and people generally have a compromised microbiome, now an unbalanced microbiome, where the diversity of the flora that exists in there is minimised, and there's a lot of so to speak bad bugs, bad viruses, or you know th- things that don't help and support our our uh, our health. so we're we're starting to look at that and see that f- the food we eat, the stress that we do or don't carry with us, uh, and um, the nature of our relationships the environment we live in, the the air, the water, the earth, all of these things, what's in our food, the, the, the soil quality, uh, all of these factors are impacting on the microbiome and we're now seeing the results in our societies of a, a compromised microbiome as an endemic problem in most of our Western countries, I think, now. Yeah, and isn't it interesting
1: when you think about how our worldview is changing as we move from the, the scientific industrial into this emerging postmodern Paradigm, which is very network-centric and humanistic and communal in its theme, that we start to see the world as connected communities, and we're starting to see our body as a connected community of uh, our own cells, and also this uh, community of microbiome, you know, which is spread right throughout the body. As I understand it, uh, it's very interesting indeed. I, I've got a, um, a scientific paper here uh, by uh, two looks like uh, quite possibly Chinese authors, both by the name of Wu. Uh, And uh, I'll just read a little from the abstract. It's it's saying that keeping a delicate balance in the immune system by eliminating invading pathogens while still maintaining self-tolerance to avoid autoimmunity is critical for the body's health. So what they're saying is that... Uh, the um, the microbiota, as they call it, the, all of these uh, microorganisms that we have living uh, in our bodies, um, pay, pl- are playing a critical role in our immune system, and uh, it's it's important to have you know a a balance, a homeostasis within that microbiome in order for our immune system to operate at an optimal level. And and I think this is certainly uh, part of the future of or future mainstream medicine is understanding how we can boost and support our own immune systems uh, so that rather than having to put uh, pharmaceutical drugs and things in our body to try and resolve the issues within our body, our own immune systems
0: can actually do that if they're healthy and well-supported. Yeah. And that that uh, gut-brain connection uh, is... Um is the important thing here, and uh, I, I noted some in- interesting statistics on in a video I watched the other day from uh, again uh, Zach Bush, where he he talks about um, the vagus nerve and uh, and the, the the role of the vagus nerve in that gut brain connection. And when that nerve is compromised, then we've got problems right there. And inflammation occurs, leaky gut occurs, all these sort of all these sort of fairly modern uh, recent. Uh, illnesses or conditions that that have been visited upon us and then the many ways with foods and other things that you can start to rebuild because you've kind of got to rebuild this if you've got a compromised system, immune system you've got to rebuild that system so what's the, how can we rebuild the system you've got some you got some things there well for, from a from a layer six point of view
1: um, we are we're going through this process during layer six of reconnecting with or maybe that's not the right term, uh, becoming more aware of our body. Uh, And so we're we're getting up close and personal with what's going on in our body and and starting to uh, think of our body as a community. And some people... Uh, actually talking to their organs and talking to the different parts of their bodies, you know, and, and sometimes they'll get answers, you know, and uh, they tell them, you know, what's going on or what they need and those sorts of Mm. things. And, and this is, it's a, a transition phase that's taking us into second tier where we have this great leap in capacity right across our whole being. And part of that is really having a very, very good, connection with the body and being able to communicate with and, um, uh, become aware of and also, uh, moderate our body's responses to things, you know, in a, in a very, very direct way. So, so layer six is really the bridge to that. And, and the layer six way is to, uh, connect the dots as I was saying. So, you know, we typically look across different systems and try and understand how those systems are connected. And uh, in a, a medical and a well-being sense, it, we're likely to be looking at different uh, alternative ways of healing and also trying to see the relative worth and the relative impact between different alternative medicines. And, and we've, we see this in you know, a whole explosion in the alternative medicine scene that's been going on for a few decades now.
0: And it can be quite simple. I think a lot of this is actually some very simple practices to set the ground for what you may want to do with foods and uh, particular sorts of superfoods or adaptogens and uh, various substances like these. And you might want to create a program for yourself under the right guidance. But I think some of the things that, that uh, are the foundation of this are quite simple. Uh, for example, just grounding, being barefoot, on the soil, on the earth, and connecting with the magnetic field the, of of the plant itself, and also releasing the charge that we've built up. Especially if you're working with uh, with tech technology all the time, and you're sitting in front of your computer or on your phone, just to simply. I've been doing this a lot recently. I've always been someone who doesn't like shoes that much, but I like to take off my shoes several times. I'm working on the computer, and I will just go outside and I will walk. I'll stand. Maybe just do a bit of chi, qi, simple chi go and just bend the knees and just ground and allow that charge to actually go into the earth and to let go. And it's amazing how simple that is. But that's actually those sort of simple practices are really the foundation to to create a more sophisticated response to the issues that we've now got on the planet that we're talking about here. Following things like mindfulness and meditation, which, are, which uh, add to that, those practices before you even get physical about what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely, and
1: uh, as we often say on the show, having some kind of a regular practice is a very supportive thing at this time in history. Uh, I'm I'm probably go so far as to saying, uh, you know, it's it's essential. If it's not essential for you yet, it probably will get to that point where you'll need to have some sort of regular, ideally a, a mind body spirit integrated practice uh, that you do on a regular basis. You know how often that is is really up to what you need and how you feel. But part of this process of reconnecting to the Earth, as you just said, Nick, and, and earthing ourselves is very important. Um, and uh, one reason for that is because of this transit of our solar system, as I was saying before on the, on the very largest scale, uh, the frequencies of the Earth are changing. And we see that uh, recorded scientifically in what they call the Schumann Resonance, which in the past has sat around um, 7, 7. 7. 8, 3 hertz. 7.83 hertz and uh, in the last 12 months has been peaking at times up to 99 hertz and often sitting around 20 or 30 hertz on a regular basis. And so uh, that's like a, the Earth's background heartbeat as far as our, our body is concerned. It, it definitely has an impact on our wellness. We know from the science of sending astronauts into space that when they're disconnected from that background frequency of the Earth, they become unwell. And so with that background frequency changing so much at the moment and fluctuating, Uh, We really need to be regularly tuning ourselves in to that frequency of the earth. And as you just said, the best way to do that is to earth ourselves and uh, ideally practice some kind of uh, mind-body-spirit-integrated practice where you're moving your body, you're in a meditative state and uh, you're connecting with the earth at the same time and allowing your body to retune itself to whatever the earth's frequency is on each particular day.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't know you. You probably do, as a qigong practitioner of some, of that uh, length of time. That um, simple things like uh, the horse pose or, or the, 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 any strengthening posture. This also applies to yoga too, I, I, and anything like that. But uh, it, it actually creates more ATP. I mentioned before the adenopine triphosphate in from the mitochondria, which apparently we produce our own body weight of ATP a day. Wow. From the mitochondria, yeah, this is our, our own body weight. That's what. That's what I. That can't be right. Well, <laughs> there yeah. you go. So, listeners, this is for you to go and check. You go and check, and please uh, feedback and
1: comment to. If, if that's true, then we must be destroy our own body weight in the same
0: well. Yeah, we be- do. because we time as well. To, to, ATP is know. what actually drives everything. Like yeah. it's, the, it's the energy yep. driver of the whole system. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, but literally simply just standing with legs uh, in that posture for a while or any of those sort of leg-strengthening postures increases that production of ATP in the mitochondria. Yeah, mm. uh,
1: it's long been known in, uh, in Qigong communities that regular practice has an enhancing effect on the immune system. You know, it seems to slow down the aging process and uh, energize you and balance you and all that sort of thing. So yeah. And uh, if you're interested in exploring that, then I really recommend you find yourself a good teacher nearby that you can go and learn from. And uh, ideally, uh, you know these things are best learnt in company with a good teacher, so you can have um, mm. firsthand body corrections in terms of postures and those sorts of things by a good teacher.
0: Yeah. And um, so there's uh, we've been touching on a, a lot of things here. And there are many things that you probably know intuitively for yourself. And we certainly encourage you as we're talking today, particularly about moving between um, the the, uh, the layers of uh, six and seven in Claire W. Graves' conception, which is across the Great Divide, the momentous leap. And in that change, it's also really about as Steve's already alluded to a couple of times, to tuning into, being intuitive about what is right for you. You can learn all these practices. You can know stuff. You can go and do classes, but actually what works for you and that talking to the body you mentioned before, and that intuitive understanding that, oh, yes, this is what I need now. And I think a lot of the time that we've been locked down around the world, perhaps, and this would be interesting to know, your own feedback folks out there who are listening to us, uh, how much have you been able to re- uh, negotiate your relationship with your body for example, to, to be able to listen to it better, to be able to know I shouldn't eat that extra piece of cake now, I should have that, uh, that little bit of adaptogen mushroom uh, juice over there that I've got in uh, Lions made over there, that little bottle, and I think that, and I'm, I'm talking from my own experience because that's certainly happening for me in this time where I'm spending a lot more time by myself and quiet, is something in me kind of knows this now, not that now and it's exciting. And I'm just wondering how many other people are experiencing that because I think it's probably something, it's it's growing in us, what you think it would be if we are evolving. Yeah, it is for sure. And, and um, as I was saying before, this
1: is really part of the journey as we transition through layer six to layer seven in second tier. Uh, and in the individual systems, um, we tend to want to change the outside world to suit ourselves. So we have a very individual focus and perspective on the world. We're coming out of an individual system at layer five, but we're also moving into an individual system in layer seven as, as we shift into second tier. And in between, we have this communal system where uh, we tend to want to sacrifice our own uh, needs in, in some sense in order to fit with the world around us. Uh, and it's, it's really in layer six about how do I change myself internally to fit with what the world needs of me right now, and so hence we have this internal focus. And it's a perfect time for you to rethink, uh, you know, what you're doing with your life, your your life path, uh, how you how you work and how you live, what you're eating, what you're putting into your body, uh, who you're hanging out with, you know, who is your local community of, of trusted friends, and uh, how do they impact your well being, and everything else that that goes into. Uh, to being well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Do you think, um, as you're speaking there, the the notion of time itself, how we use time, our relationship to time itself seems to be changing, and even the sense of time timelessness that's more, uh, again, feedback from people out there in the world, in our community here, this sense of people don't know what day it is anymore often. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a kind of breaking up of that, and that's actually a, a relaxation that's available there because people are starting to feel like, oh, there's actually more time than I think and i can actually look after myself better than i think i'm seeing this happen yeah absolutely
1: little... and it's you know part of what changes when we move between these layers mm. is our underlying framework for making sense of reality so in other words everything changes yeah and part of that is our conceptualization of space and time and uh, we we spoke about this uh, on a previous episode quite a while ago now i think it was probably last year And uh, we're in a relatively linear place in layer five uh, with a a fairly short-term outlook and moving into a communal system. uh, The communal systems tend to be more circular in their way of thinking. And in particular, layer six has a great desire and a tendency to collapse hierarchies. So it wants to flatten everything out. And so the sort of space-time conceptualization that we get in layer six is of a flat surface with circular patterns on it. And and part of that is starting to think that all time is present there on that mm. flat plane. And, and I can remember myself going through this and thinking about it years ago. And I, I started thinking about a... Uh, a CD or a DVD, you know, in the old days when we used to have these discs that you would stick in a computer. Um, <laughs> and if you think about a like a gaming uh, CD or a DVD, the whole game is right there on the flat surface of that circular piece of plastic. And so from a gameplay's point of view, the, you know, the past, the present and the future of the game are all there, present right now. Uh, and it really just depends when you put it into your computer where you start and finish you know, in a linear sense when you're actually playing it, but actually it's all right there. Yeah. And so that, that's a classic kind of layer <laughs> six conceptualization. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so we are, as we're moving into layer six, for many of us or, or through layer six, w- we are thinking in that circular way of everything being here now. And uh, consequently, you know, our thoughts go to things like, past lives and future lives and the possibility that all those things are happening mm. at the same time, etc.
0: Mm. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, we've seen a lot of people are entertaining uh, these broader conceptions and perceptions of reality in various ways at this at this, at this this time, for sure. That's about it for this uh, first uh, part for this week. We're, we're going to be doing a second part, so stay yeah. tuned. Yeah, uh,
1: we're stay with us. next up on yeah. our next episode, we're going to go into layer seven, so the first step into second tier, and just look at how this process of body awareness and wellness and uh, our particular worldview and perspective changes as we make this enormous leap into second tier, which is just a a massive quantum scale change in who we are and and what we're able to do. So uh, tune in for that. Yeah, Thank you for joining us here. Cheers.
0: You've been listening to the Future Sense podcast with Nick Jeans and futurist Steve McDonald, broadcast weekly. We're also happy to be liked or loved on the platform that you're listening to right now, and we welcome feedback, comments and input. Thanks for joining us. And remember that the future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.